the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, November the 16th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today, on November 16, 1933, the United States and the Soviet Union established diplomatic relations. Today, in 1776, British troops captured Fort Washington, New York. That was during the American Revolution, of course. Today, in 1821, trader William Bucknell, he reached Santa Fe, New Mexico, on a route that would become known as the Santa Fe Trail. Today, in 1902, a cartoon appeared in the Washington Star newspaper that ultimately created the teddy bear craze. President Teddy Roosevelt had been on a hunting trip. He went on many of them. Some of the guys with him got a little overly ambitious, wanting to please their boss, the president. They wanted to be sure that he shot a bear. I know this is, would be horribly offensive to anyone today, I'm sure, uh, other than a few of us deplorables out here. But anyway, he was bear hunting. He was not catching and releasing. He was shooting the bear when he found one. But they wanted to be sure that he got one. They didn't want their boss to be um, disappointed. So they actually caught a bear. This is a true story. They caught this bear. I'm not sure how all that worked. But anyway, they caught this bear. They tied up this bear to a tree. And then they led Teddy Roosevelt on this hunting trip out through the woods in, in Mississippi. They came up and, oh, suddenly, but, uh, can you believe it? There's a bear. And Roosevelt looked at him and said, wait a minute, what's the deal here? And somebody said, well, you know, we tied him up so he wouldn't get away before we got here. And so Teddy Roosevelt said, oh, I wouldn't shoot a bear this tied up. He said, that's not the way I hunt. And so on. Well, anyway, this story got around, and the Washington Star heard about it, and they verified it, I suppose. But anyway, they ran this cartoon. So the teddy bear craze, people got started calling that bear the teddy bear. And then there was a couple, and I, I can't remember their name. I'm drawing on my memory here a little bit, and I haven't thought about it for some time now. But there was a couple that ran a kind of a, like a hardware store or something. And it was in the East, but I'm not sure. I think it might have been in New York, but I'm not positive on that but anyway they saw this cartoon and they thought well this would be a, a a good opportunity so the the wife of the guy of the couple that owned this uh, store started making little bears and they put them in their window and started selling them and they called them teddy bears that's the story i know you had to know that you couldn't make it through today if you didn't know this but that's how teddy bears were created. God created male and female, and this couple in, a, in their little store created Teddy Bear, and Teddy Bear still continues to this day. Today, 1907, Oklahoma became the 46th state of the Union. Today, in 1914, the newly created Federal Reserve Banks, they opened in 12 cities. Actor Clark Gable died today in 1960. Los Angeles. He was 59 years old. Today in 2006, Democrats embraced Nancy Pelosi. 2006. 
it seems like Nancy Pelosi has been the Speaker of the House or the the leader of the minority when the Republicans were in the majority in the House. Seems like she's been there at least 100 years, doesn't it? No? It's only been 14. But in, in 2006, Democrats embraced Nancy Pelosi as their first female House Speaker in history. But then they turned around and selected Steny Hoyer as majority leader, and she was advocating against him. So the first thing the House did was to go against Nancy Pelosi. But she's been able to hang in there, and as she has failed on many fronts, she retains her power to this moment. But I can tell you there's a real move within the Democratic Party to get rid of her. You know why? Not because of all the reasons that us ordinary people out here know. It's because she is not far enough to the left. It's organized, and I would suspect that her days are numbered, and I think she knows that, and she'll probably exit just before they exit her. But there's a real move. Bernie Sanders is involved behind the scene. I mean, he's in the Senate, but he's involved with some of those people and others, certainly Ocasio-Cortez and all those folks. They're trying to remove her, and they'll be working on that this year for sure because she's not far enough to the left. Five years ago today, President Barack Obama was in Turkey after apologizing for America and so many of our shortcomings, our imperfections, etc., etc., etc. He had a whole list he went down wherever he went, particularly in Muslim countries. But he was meeting with world leaders there, and he conceded that the Paris attacks that had just taken place were a terrible and sickening setback. Those are his words. But he said in the fight against the Islamic State, he said he forcefully dismissed critics who were calling for the U.S. to change or expand their military campaign, our military campaign, against extremist Muslims. Should Joe Biden actually crawl into the Oval Office, we will return to those kinds of policies. Because Joe Biden is now a product of Barack Obama as well as a product of 47 years of being in public service, quote-unquote. So that's one of the many perilous things that we're looking at as we look out over the pretty close-up horizon. Someone will be in the Oval Office at some point in the near future, but it's still pretty much up in the air. The, the press would lead you to believe, and they do endlessly, it's just wearisome to me, and I, I would suspect it is to you, I hope it is, but they would lead the public to believe that the election is over, that it's done, but it isn't. There is so much going on out there that every day I think about go, kind of taking a little bit deeper dive into what's going on. I'm aware of it. I'm following it very closely, but they're just... In a half an hour on the radio, there just isn't that much time to go into it. I don't want to get into it and then not be able to finish it. And to give an overview is is kind of an awesome task, to be honest with you. So if we could take a day and have an hour and a half, you and I could have a long chat about what's going on there. But basically, there are lawsuits being filed in a number of states or have been filed in a number of states, but primarily the focus of the Trump campaign is on Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and Wisconsin. And each 
are unique, and yet there are some similarities. But one thing, and I'll come back to that in a moment, one thing is those voting machines that seem to be, I mean, there's thousands of individuals who have filed formal complaints or lawsuits in some cases against Democrats, against the people who were managing the voting booths and the vote counting operations in these various states. The irregularities are mountainous. It makes Mount Rainier look like a pimple on the side of a teenager's face. I mean, it's just unbelievable how much, um, how many, I guess, irregularities is the best word, have come forward. They're all different, but from putting the paper on the windows so the people on the outside couldn't see in, and the people on the outside were the people that had been locked out who were supposed to be in there observing the vote counting in Detroit, and it just goes on and on and on. So there's a lot out there. The press would lead you to believe that, that the Republicans are all talk and they're not doing anything. No, they're going to file a whole bunch of lawsuits. Uh, and that's coming up very, very, very soon. So we can be looking at that. But the main thing that uh, I think the main issue that has emerged from all of this is the fact that the, this voting machine, and I mentioned that in passing on Friday. I want to come back to it just for a moment. This attorney, Sidney Powell, is kind of leading up that part of Trump's response, of the Trump campaign's response. She was on uh, Fox News or Fox Business News on Sunday morning, and um, she was talking about Trump's legal team and how much uh, evidence they're actually gathering on this election fraud. And it allegedly took place with this um, election-related software. As I said, I mentioned that on Friday. It's called Dominion. It's a voting systems, and they and it's Smartmatic is the model of this Dominion voting system that these people have put in place. And as it currently stands, Dominion is being utilized in 2,000 jurisdictions, not a few, 2,000 jurisdictions or precincts around the country in 30 states. Texas decided not to use Dominion. They checked it out. Three different times they were pitched on that they, to buy it. It's expensive, but the states buy it. And um, they were pitched on it. And three times Texas looked at it and said, no, it is set up for fraud, not for honesty, not for accuracy. On top of that, this former Admiral Peter Neffinger, he's the chairman of the board of directors of Smartmatic, who owns this system. Neffinger is also Vice President Joe Biden's on his transition team. In fact, he's a leader in Joe Biden's transition team because he has declared himself to be president-elect. Joe Biden is not president-elect until the states ratify their votes, and not a single state has ratified or certified their vote yet. He is not president-elect. In, in his mind, he I suppose he is. But in reality, he is not. These people are living in denial. Yes, it's going to be an uphill climb for Trump to to emerge as a winner from this election. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I've absorbed a lot more than I want to know about this election, but I felt I should because of the, this radio program. And I can tell you, everything that I've looked at, uh, it, it's, going to, it's a tough climb for Trump, but boy, he's going at it. And just kind of disregard the press that is just writing it off and saying, well, it's just talk. Show me the evidence. There is not a single shred of evidence. Just wait. 
within the next few days, I would predict that they're about to start filing some massive lawsuits. I don't know what the outcome will be. It's in God's hands. But I can tell you one thing. They are not just talking about saying, well, there are problems. There are problems as it's being presented in the press. There is a lot going on. And this Sidney Powell is right in the middle of it. She's a, a an attorney, a lawyer, of course. So she's involved in it. And um, on Sunday, yesterday, this host, Maria Bartiromo, she's on Fox Business News. She seems to be fairly uh, supportive of, the, of Trump, and she has been at least. Fox is turning massively. Chris Wallace was on there yesterday just ripping the president. It seems that Fox is encouraging this more than discouraging it now. And they have turned. In fact, Rush Limbaugh did a long, long talk last week about this. And he said conservatives should never turn on themselves. That he said conservatives built Fox. They did. I've been saying that myself. But Limbaugh's a lot, much louder voice than mine. And he said that now they have turned on their base, meaning the conservatives who watch and listen to Fox. And that's exactly what's happening. And that's why I've been mentioning this for at least a couple of years. I could see it coming. I could sense that something was in the work. works. Murdoch's sons have taken over, particularly James. Now his wife's a far, just a screaming, fiery-eyed liberal activist. And he, of course, goes along with it. But she's out there all the time giving speeches and all this kind of thing about the most far-left idiot insanity ideas all the time. So that's what's infecting Fox, and they own it. So they're going to take it in a new direction, and they've already that process has already begun, unfortunately. That's not to say that some of the people on there are, are worth listening to. I do. I, I pay attention to what Sean Hannity's saying. Certainly Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, uh, Greg Gutfield, some of those guys. I'm listening to them, and I'm going to continue to, but listen with a great deal of discernment to Fox News. So anyway... Bartiromo was saying on some, she was pushing back a little bit, although she has been supportive of Trump. She was pushing back a little bit and said, well, there's no evidence. There just doesn't seem to be any evidence. And boy, Sydney, this Sydney Powell, she unloaded on her. And she said, first of all, she said, I never say anything I can't prove. Secondly, she said, the evidence is coming in so fast I can't even process it all. She said, millions of Americans have written by now, I would say, Definitely hundreds of thousands have stepped forward with their different experiences of voter fraud, but this is in this massive election fraud. And she said, I'm very concerned that it not only involved Dominion and its Smartmatic software, but that the software was essentially used by other election machines also. And I'm not sure what she meant by that, but that's what she said. Interestingly enough, Powell said that the software's user manual actually talks about in the manual. It talks about, quote, how votes can be wiped away. It gives you instruction how to change the vote in the manual. She said it's absolutely brazen how people bought this system and why they bought this system. Powell said whistleblowers came forward over alleged paybacks. She said in states where the new election technology was purchased and implemented, she said there's evidence, we have evidence, of officials, family members being paid large sums of money. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Just um, take out officials, family members, and put in Biden and Hunter and China and the Soviet Union. But And that's 
not even being denied anymore. There's no no reason for them to deny it because the press has covered it so well and said it's no big deal and then just suppressed it. There's no story here. So anyway, the, the other concerns about the software is how it can be utilized in other uh, aspects of manipulating vote counts. She said the software and the election officials have the ability to do things like delete ballots, force the machine not to read voters' signatures, or the down-ballot voting. And one of the things that's emerging on this is they're finding that some of these made-up ballots, the bogus ones, only voted for the presidential candidate. And people, they said the trend of real people voting on real ballots is not that. People never do that. They at least vote for the senators or representatives, and they vote generally for the same party that they're voting for on a presidential. Uh, in other words, people that vote for Trump tend to vote for Ted Cruz or whomever. Uh, they vote for uh, Republicans in, in the highest off, uh, federal offices of the Senate and the House of Representatives. And and there are no votes on these made-up ballots. It's consistent. They, it's a presidential vote, and that's it because they didn't want to take time to, to to manipulate through all of the various you know voting opportunities on a local ballot whatever that may be on their but on their federal um, um, candidates so this is one of of thousands of irregularities that are out there she said that the 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 machine she said uh, there, there's this ability for the machine to be programmed to only count votes for Biden. It could be rigged for Trump or for Obama or for Hillary or whomever. And this is something that has been put in play on a broad scale just prior, I mean, just leading up to this election. It's been around for a couple of years. They've been pitching this to various people. As I said, Texas declined it. I'm sure others have too, but I'm aware of Texas. But that's a that's just a quick oversight or a quick brush of what's going on in this voting issue, but it's about it's about to burst into the mainstream. I don't think the media will cover it. If they do, it'll be very very negative. It'll be very discouraging to the public, and it'll be cast as Trump trying to steal the election from Biden rather than the other way around. So that's where that is, and certainly we'll be talking about it. But that gives you kind of a sense of where it is. And we're watching it very, very closely and paying attention to most all of the sources on this. And I'll certainly, you know, keep talking about it as we move forward on this program in the coming days. But it's, these are unusual, unparalleled, perilous times that we live in. It's very difficult. In fact, this election was based on hate more than it was on voting for someone. It was based on voting against someone. Rasmussen, who is a pretty consistent, he's a conservative guy, and his organization comes from a conservative point of view. He's most often right on the things that he projects, and his polling is most often pretty correct. He came out over the weekend with a poll that they had done. He said only of, of all the people that voted for Biden, of everybody that voted for Biden, 70 million, 73, whatever it is, of that group, only 56% of that group were actually voting for Biden. After he finished the results and consolidated them of his survey, he found that 
56% of the people that voted for Biden believe he's the best choice. They voted for him because they hated Trump. And they said that. It's amazing. 29% of those voters said that they were specifically voting against Trump, and 15% said, I don't know why I voted for Biden. I just didn't want to vote for Trump, but they didn't say they were voting for him because they hated him. That's what's driven this election. And that's the spirit that we sense and we feel in America today. I mean, it's it's not about who can do the best job for America. It's about who I hate. The whole election fran- franchise has not, not only all of the irregularities and all of the corruption that I, I hope and pray will come out sooner than later, and I think they're getting ready to to really pull the trigger on some things. I hope they are, because they need to do it sooner than later. But all of this has, has, has changed the whole, um, just the sense of what this voting, this democratic process is about. And it's about who hates someone more than other people hate someone else. It, it's bizarre, but that's where we are. Presidential election has continued into overtime And Trump has generally focused on where the irregularities, most of them were, and the most important states. So that's where it is today, as I said. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin is where they're focusing now, and we'll keep you updated as we move along. Deception is a part of all of this, and deception, of course, is something that we find threaded through the Bible there is you can't read a portion of scripture without coming to something about someone being deceived in fact the bible begins by recording a deception where satan comes to the very first male and female who were created in god's likeness and in our image our being the trinity of god father son and holy spirit the bible begins its narrative It's inspired, infallible narrative with deception. And Satan said to Eve, well, God's a good God. So surely he wouldn't cause you to die if you eat of the fruit. You can live however you want to live. Ultimately, all of us will be saved and all of us will go to heaven. That's universalism, not Christianity. But that's the lie in various forms that have found, has found its way into the very fabric of our society today and around the world, but we're talking about America today. That's found its way into our culture, into the fabric of what we are and who we are. And everybody somehow just believes we can do whatever we want. They can deceive, they can mislead, and there are never any consequences. And eternally, now there are no consequences as well. And that's why people are racing to pull America away from our founding documents, our founding fathers' philosophy, and most importantly, from the founding principles, the Judeo-Christian principles upon which this nation was founded. In September, Governor Cuomo of New York, he came out and gave a scathing talk about Donald Trump. He was expressing hate. He would be among that 56%. (laughs) or the, uh, the, the other side, the 44%. But he said he, he didn't trust 
President Trump. He said, we can't trust President Trump. Nobody should pr- trust President Trump. And he went on and on and on. I saw the thing and I thought, man, this may, this could come back to bite you. I mean, just me, I'm not a politician, but I thought this could come back to bite this governor. He just went on and on and on about it. And I watched the video and he said, when Trump gets his vaccine, we're not going to accept it here in New York. Jay Inslee jumped in and said, me too, me too. He does that a lot. He said, no, we're not going to do it either, Washington State. He said, we don't trust Trump. We're going to we're going to independently verify the safety of this vaccine when Trump gets it. And as I said, Jay Inslee agreed and a couple of others, Kate Brown in Oregon, California. They, yeah, me too, me too. Well, the vaccine is days, maybe weeks away now, by all accounts. President Trump said the other day, he said, it pains me to say this. I love New York. He was born and raised there. Has built a tremendous business there, as we all know. He said, it pains me to say this, but he said, we're not going to be able to send the vaccine to New York until we're authorized to do so, because he said the governor has said he won't accept it until they personally verify its safety. On that note, Como turned on the media He turned, and he was at a church yesterday in Manhattan, Riverside Church, and he took the pulpit in the church yesterday, and he said, any plan that intentionally burdens communities of color to hinder access to this vaccine deprives those communities of equal protection under the law, and equal protection is enshrined in the Constitution of the United States. He went on to say, President Trump is unwilling to give you these vaccines. Because he's racist. He criticized Trump's plan to have the private market. He advocated socialism, and the press covered it, and it's all over the place this morning. That's the kind of deception we're living in today. Those are some of the things that we face in our world today. But I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. In John 14, 27, Jesus is recorded as saying this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's the most important thing that I want to tell you today. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. We're going to get through all this. God's will is going to be done. And we're going to remain faithful. And we're going to stand strong. And we're going to stand on the rock, not on the sand. So I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to stay tuned and stay with us each day. And I want to encourage you to stand with us in your support. We need it. These are very difficult times for all ministries. Thank you for standing with us. We need it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us. There's a tab there you can contribute online, but please do and thank you in advance. I wrote an article today. Sean Kelly is a man living as a woman. Joe Biden has put this person on the transition team to review the Department of Defense, no less. You need to read it. That's one of the directions 
that we see a Biden presidency moving rapidly. You need to be aware. So be sure and read it, faithandfreedom.us. And again, thanks for being with me today. We'll continue this conversation right here tomorrow.